You're listening to a very moody sports show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Brought to you by Moody and Sons Electric. For any electrical needs, call Moody and Sons at 864-478-4328. That's 864-478-4328. Welcome into a very moody sports show. I'm Daniel Moody. And this is Zach Whittington on a monumental 59th episode. Daniel, there's not many things I've done 59 times. But I've done 59 podcasts with you so far. Have you missed a podcast yet? No, I mean, I would... Have I missed a podcast? I would assume we record for both. Obviously, I think we did have one episode where there was technical difficulties. I think I re-recorded it by myself. But other than that, I mean, we have been on point, me and you here every time. Obviously, we've had guests in and out, but always bringing the content, promise. Hot, fire, fresh, subs, and content. That's what we do. Moody Sports. Moody Sports. Uh, you know, fighting microphone covers since 2019. It's um, a long time ago, man. This was a huge year for us to be podcasting through. We saw sports come. We saw pandemics come. We saw sports go. We didn't falter. <laughs> We're still here standing as we approach the 60th episode. But first, episode 59, we will not bypass it. We have prefaced over the last 10 episodes. It's probably going to be a linebacker who we named the episode after. And no different for episode 59, but this is not a cop-out either. Daniel, please. So, episode 59 named after one of the greatest outside linebackers in NFL history. And? Ham. All-name team. All name. All name Ham. That is a really great last name, actually. Dude, if you're a linebacker, you basically are a Ham. And if your name's Jack Ham, you, know you've just, you were born for the position. And beans and cornbread as meals all the time. He was a part of the Steelers, Zach. 11, time, 11 years played through the 70s, a member of the Iron Curtain. Uh, that is a homage to last episode. Jack Lambert was the last uh, player that we did. And, uh,. Eight Pro Bowls of the 11 seasons, even had four Super Bowls with that Iron Curtain, that defense, obviously, Hall of Fame uh, NFL career, also Hall of Fame college career with Penn State. Um, So yeah, I mean, this guy was, he did it all. He played in coverage. They compared him to a lot of top-tier safeties. He played, uh, obviously, Stuff the Run. Um, Jack Ham went ham, if you will. Hmm. And if you don't know what a ham means, look it up. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And shout out to the Steelers, the Iron Curtain of old. Great team. You had Terry Bradshaw, I'm pretty sure, was your quarterback back yeah. then. But, uh, Big Ben's been holding it down for going on 20 years. And Steelers 5 and 0 this got year. A big game this week. So, Big Ben's got to, Big Ben's got to be feeling good. No Le'Veon, no Antonio Brown, but old man Ben Roethlisberger coming off shoulder surgery. 5 and 0. Happy faithful in uh, Pittsburgh. You gotta, you gotta make the comeback. Uh, I appreciate what I see out of Big Ben. Uh, the fact that he's still out there playing. But before we get into the NFL, Zach, uh, we had some news coming out of the movie world, the movie industry. Um, obviously, 
We talked about it beforehand in other pods. The uh, Space Jam 2 has announced jerseys for what LeBron was going to be wearing. And now, Zach, we have a plot description out on Space Jam 2. You told me that you have not heard it yet. I have seen reviews from others talking about it. And they are talking crap. And they're talking smack. Okay, so I know no details. I don't have any idea what the plot is. I've, I've maybe be put two minutes of thought into what Space Jam 2's plot's going to be. Here's the thing, Dan. You're not getting a free pass, LeBron. I know you won the title. I know you're great. I know I'm a closet LeBron fan. Recently come out of the closet LeBron fan. I'm not giving you a pass. You show me those weak uniforms. Super weak compared to the Toon Squad of old. And now I hear the plot's bad. I don't really like the cast that much. I don't think LeBron's the best actor. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. I'm not gonna. I'm not nipping at the bud to well, see Zach, Space Jam. Do too, you buddy. want me to give you the plot description that has been released? Do you want to hear it and potentially oh risk ruining any idea? Of, because like. I, as you said, I had no idea what they were going to do with Space Jam 2. I could not figure out what they were going to do unless they were doing a home-and-home home series with the home, with obviously <laughs> do the tw- more on Mountain. You got to go more on Mountain more on and Mountain back. for Game 2. It's just the right thing to do. But they're apparently not doing that. Do you want to know what they're doing? Lay it on me. All right. During a trip to the Warner Brothers studio, NBA superstar LeBron James and his son accidentally get trapped within a world that contains all of Warner Brothers' stories and characters. Under the control of malfunctioning, all-powerful force named AIG, played by Don Shield for some reason. With the help of Bugs Bunny, LeBron James must navigate through a never-before-imagined world filled with iconic movie scenes, characters as they are resembled by the Looney Tunes to rescue his lost son. Now to get back home, LeBron and the Tunes have to unravel AIG's mysterious plan and win an epic basketball game against digital, gamified super versions of NBA WNBA stars for the entire world watch. So they're going the digital enemy route. Digital enemy route. You, and, uh, you got Bronny. In you think the, it's, uh, so it's Bronny, it's not Bryce? No, it's going to be Bronny. Um, you got they, 16-year-old in space. You got Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, uh, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, so you got a couple players off the uh, Lakers, a couple players off of other teams in the NBA, Shanae Ogumuke of the NBA. Um, so, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people in this but still, that plot is All right. weak. So real quick, no offense, Kyle Kuzma. People are going to look back at Space Jam 2 in 20 years and be like, who in the world is Kyle Kuzma? <laughs> That's a great point. Dude's maybe got a year or two left as a starter. He may be out of L.A. this offseason. Literally. You can look back at the five players from the Monstars on Space Jam 1. They're all legends in the Hall of Fame. And you're telling me Kyle Kuzma made the roster for Space Jam 2. Either that was poor foresight, <laughs> judging off like two 30-point games that Kyle Kuzma had, or they just doubled down on the Lakers in the movie because there was reports that LeBron was having trouble filling the top five for the movie. So, 
Hey, if you got to turn to Kyle Kuzma, that where's Mella? I was about to say, give that's me Mella. Low on the list, I would feel like. So he shouldn't even be in consideration to be on the list. He should. He shouldn't have been on the second list. He shouldn't have made. I I can't believe Kuz. I could not believe you said Kuzma. Well, guys, like Zach said, probably not rushing to the theaters to see Space Jam two anytime soon. And before we get out of here on the Space Jam topic. I meant to say this at the beginning. There is no way the soundtrack's even going to come close to Space Jam 1. No way. I can put on the Space Jam song right now. I would sing every word, and I'd go try and dunk a basketball and shoot free throws till 3 in the morning. Well, Space Jam 2 is going to suck. I, I agree. Um, so, guys, obviously, uh, the NBA is all tied up. We'll get into it. There's a few news, come, a few news alerts coming out. There are some hirings uh, to talk about, but... Before we get anywhere, we need to talk about the Greenville Triumph, Zach. Our boys, the Triumph guys, John Harks, Dallas J, and the guys, uh, obviously have already secured hosting the final for USL League One, but at this point are looking to try to figure out who we're going to be playing in that final at home. Uh, the most recent game we played was a loss to Union Omaha. It was 2-1 at home. Big note, though, only home loss this season, Zach. There, there hasn't been a lot of losses, period. Three losses on the season. Uh, obviously, we have one more game to go at Orlando coming up this weekend. Uh, that one's going to be the last game for Orlando City. Uh, Their USL League One team, they're going to be disbanding after this match. So uh, there will be a risky game, a potential uh, upset. we got to be ready to play because that team's going to be ready to play uh, in their last game. And we're going to be traveling with probably the second team, not a lot of starters going down, I would assume. Um, but that being said, as I said, we're going to be trying to figure out who we're playing in this final coming up. Uh, with Union Omaha getting the win, they got themselves knocked up into the second position in the and looking like they're going to be in the final right now, especially coming off Richmond losing back-to-back games. Uh, so, but the Richmond was able to fix right the ship. They get three points over Orlando this past uh, – that was yesterday they played. Um, and so now they're sitting tied to with Union Omaha. Omaha at 26 points, but Zach, also, don't forget, you have North Texas sitting 24 points with one win and then a loss for both Richmond and Union Omaha in the next games. Uh, North Texas could be looking at the rematch for with Greenville for the uh, USL League One final like we saw last year just on our turf this time. Glad to have it at home for sure. Going to be watching on ESPN and ESPN Deportes. We are actually going to be watching be live the game. Obviously, we got our tickets secured already. Clut. Um, shout out Andy for that. But yeah, I mean, obviously, we're going to be at the game. I would love to see the ESPN broadcast, but like, I'm not going to miss the game. It. I mean, maybe. But uh, what uh, what day is the game? The game is going to be on. Uh, that's a Friday. Friday afternoon. Is it next Friday? Yeah, next Friday, 8 p.m., October 30th. So definitely still can't tailgate. No, we cannot tailgate. But guys, come on! Everybody needs to get out there. That that want that place nice and rowdy. Uh, You know. Stroke of bad luck. I think I have lost my Greenville Triumph mask. So that's unfortunate. You know, it was a it was a fun filled weekend, and you know, sometimes masks get misplaced. It might be in a pocket somewhere. Still holding out hope. May have to get another one, but I like that mask. 2020, where we're like, dang it, man, I've misplaced my mask. You know, growing up, you were like, 
masks are so cool. I want to like have one. Like that's like a, a rarity. Like I saw them in wrestling and movies and bank robberies. Bank <laughs> but robberies. Now, <laughs> but now everyone wears a mask. It used to be no hats, no sunglasses, no mask if to go into any building. Now it's like cover your face up. Yeah. Now I <laughs> we always, don't want to see. You. I always look like I'm robbing the place. Yeah. I mean, hey, as long as you don't <laughs> or sneeze on anybody. <laughs> Well, uh, in the USL League One, they have finally announced their award finalists. Uh, a couple key notes for the Greenville Triumph. John Harks is in discussion for Coach of the Year for back-to-back years. Uh, Dallas J, obviously, Golden Glove potential again. Well, he's going up against Akira Fitzgerald out of Richmond and Alex Mangles out of Chattanooga. Uh, so, but we'll see. Dallas J could possibly repeat as another Golden Glove, and you could have Tyler Pollock repeating as the defender of the year. Um, so a couple USL League One award finalists for the Dreamville Triumph. That's really nice. And then in the MVP, you have a couple players coming out of North Texas, which is really intriguing, uh, especially out of Ronaldo Damas. Seems like the guy that's probably going to win it. He's coming in with 31 shots, 16 goals on the season. It's crazy a lot um so uh that's all we're really seeing in the usl league one right now uh like i said orlando city is going to be disbanding after this season so we're gonna but we still will have enough teams to qualify as a full league next season so uh expect to see your triumph back out there in 2021 hopefully with a full full stadium and everything back to normal Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, so, Zach, in the NBA we go. We talked about a couple hirings we uh, mentioned earlier. Uh, a few that I wanted to talk to you about. Get your uh, thoughts, your opinions on them, being the NBA guy of the podcast. Aha, I like that title. Um, mm-hmm. So, Stan Van Gundy. One of the Van Gundy... The bigger Gundy. The bigger of the Gundy brothers. Uh, he is coaching for the Pelicans. Did you see the viral clip of Gundy today on Instagram? So, it's a clip. It's probably been surfaced before. It's the first time I've seen it. Gundy's at either a practice... His last stop was the Pistons, right? I'm yeah. not crazy. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, he was either at the Pistons or he was like at a coach's clinic with younger players or like maybe Team USA or something. I know... Uh, Jeff Van Gundy usually does a lot of Team USA, but this is Stan, the bigger Gundy. (laughs) He takes the ball, and he's, like, coaching a fast break, like what to do if you're dribbling the ball up and being guarded heavily. And he's got, like, basketball shorts and a T-shirt on. He's got the ball. He literally goes, like, behind the back, in between the legs, spins, dribble move, in between the legs, crossover. And he's like, yeah, that's how you do it, everybody. (laughs) And And they're like, what, coach? What did you just do? And he just, like, it was nothing. And, like, and Stan Van Gundy's got to be pushing 60. Like, he's either late 40s or in his 50s and not that athletic appearing. Appearing! Because, obviously, he was in his bag. He's got So, it. much respect to the man. I've never been the biggest Stan Van Gundy fan. I mean, yeah, Stan. I keep I double-guess which <laughs> name I say every time. But I'm still excited. I was surprised by the hire, for sure. But who's on the market, you know? When we're sitting here saying that Ty Lue is the hottest coaching candidate in the NBA when all he did was ride LeBron's coattails to one title in Cleveland and then they both jumped town. (laughs) You had Doc Rivers on the Clippers. I don't think Ty Lue is a big upgrade from Doc Rivers. I do like the Chauncey Billups edition for the Clippers. But if you're telling me Stan Van Gundy and Ty Lue 
is what's going to take you to the next level, I'm dang, yeah, I'm not really with it, man. Because you had Alvin Gentry in New Orleans already. You have the same exact roster. What is Stan Van Gundy going to come in and do to that roster that Alvin Gentry wasn't doing besides not playing uh, Zion? Because look at how the Pistons did. They never got any good players, got Blake Griffin, still didn't do anything to Blake Griffin except get the 7 or 8 seed in the East and get eliminated immediately. So, hey, not that impressed. You got to show me something, and then I'll be happy. But just hiring somebody tells me nothing. Because NFL, you hire Mike McCarthy, and the Cowboys are the worst team in the league now. Or one of them, at least. So... I think that's pretty spot on, especially in the NBA. I agree with you with the head coaching. It doesn't seem like head coaching does all that much, all that often. Like when it comes down to it, when LeBron can take over, I'm going to look at you. I'm going to be like, LeBron, get the ball, put the ball in the basket. You can call the most beautiful play ever, but if you're, Referring to the Pistons, if your best player is Blake Griffin and you have to run an ISO where he just takes the ball and becomes a vacuum and crossover dribbles and sizes up his man for 10 seconds of the shot clock and then dribbles and misses, like, that's, of course the Pistons weren't going to be that good. You got a lot of young guys, a lot of potential on this uh, Pelicans team. I'm excited to see where Brandon Ingram goes. I'd love to see the Hornets make a run at Brandon Ingram. But still, hey, we'll see what happens. Uh, so, as you mentioned, Ty Lue's name, uh, Ty Lue did get hired by the Clippers. Uh, Steve Ballmer thrilled by it, just as he was thrilled. He's thrilled by everything. He's thrilled by everything. He's literally the most energetic old man on earth. Like, <laughs> I stun all the time. But, and then... If I had that much, much money, I'd be thrilled. The pay, the the, <laughs> the Pacers uh, have hired uh, the Raptors assistant, Nate Bajorgren. I'd, I'd, I'd have to look at the name guy uh sitting under uh sitting up there in the toronto seeing sort of how to do it uh with non-big name players uh so now at this point the the rap the pacers seem to be trying to go that route of having less big name players maybe getting one big name player uh to sort of carry the team like a Kawhi leonard if you will well i've I've heard victor is one foot out the door victor oladipo so You'll see where Victor Oladipo ends up there. He could help a bigger team. He could be a second piece on a team if you have a superstar, like super superstar, because he's a fringe star. He's not a superstar, but he had moments of brilliance, Victor Oladipo. So I think he could be a nice addition to like a Bucks uh, team that needs another guy that can sort of create his own shot on occasion and hit hit a jumper here and there. Um, I think that's a team you could watch. Also, you could see him potentially going out to like maybe the Rockets. The Rockets needing, uh, you know, it seems like they need somebody else that's going to be able to hit more consistent Who's shots. Who's the Rockets coach? Have they hired somebody? Uh, the Rockets still on the uh, look for a coach at this time to- there's this not point. many options left not unless you're hiring options. from another team like monty williams was the big name going into last year like i'm trying to think like well there's you, not many spurs assistants left to hire as you and mentioned then, <laughs> chauncey billups are typically a name you see in head coaching you see him in gm conversations and he is now an assistant coach and chauncey was literally getting offers to be a GM of teams with no experience in the front office at all just because he's a great analyst. I mean, I don't know what Chauncey does behind the scenes in terms of, like, basketball operations, but, I mean, if you're spending all this time on screen, then you can't be spending that much crazy time in the books off screen, you know? Like, you you would think. If you're spending most of your time as a basketball analyst, Chauncey Billups, like, 
Is he taking night classes on how to be a GM? Or do you just say, you're good at basketball, here's the job? Well, that seems what happened with Steve Nash and his head coaching position, though. So it had something to be said with just giving a player that's really good at basketball a GM, a head coaching position. You got two-time MVP, Steve Nash. Saw with Magic Johnson and the Lakers. Hey, man, but... If you're going to tell me that Chauncey Billups is on the same level as Steve Nash and Magic, I mean, he's right under him. Chauncey has a title, but, man, I like Chauncey too. Don't get me wrong, but they were literally giving him GM offers out of nowhere, and then he settled an assistant coach. That sounds much more appropriate. But you had Patrick Ewing on the bench for the Hornets as assistant coach, and he couldn't get a head coaching job, and he went to Georgetown to be a head coach. So he had to go to college to get a head coach. We're talking about Patrick Ewing. (laughs) So, Chauncey, I hear you, man, but... Seems like the standards are just, like, haphazard. No, you just make them up, dude, and then you complain about whatever happened no matter what, so... Well, uh, I know one franchise that has been known to complain about a lot of things, the Braves... Fans have had a lot to complain about over the past few years, Zach. Obviously, two decades without a playoff series win. But, Zach, we have talked about it. That's over. The Braves were in the NLCS. We got to a Game 7, man. It was so close. And we were not able to pull it out, lose 4-3. Cody Bellinger home run in the seventh inning, I do believe. And the Braves were not able to pull it out. Um, So... Obviously, uh, guys, if you hop on the website, I put up a new article today uh, sort of talking about just the Braves' uh, accolades this year that they were able to do, Freddie Freeman's NL MVP, things of that nature. Um, And just like, you know, how as a Braves fan, you got to keep it in perspective at this point. This is a team that for two decades did not win a playoff series. We were able to sweep through the first two series and push the Dodgers, the team that was undisputed best team in baseball, to seven games. We did not push the Dodgers to seven games. We should have eliminated the Dodgers in four or five games. They pushed us to seven and pushed us right out the door on the bus on the way home. So I don't want to hear it. I'm pissed as a Braves fan. And I also think this season doesn't count. Doesn't matter anyway. 60 games. You didn't prove it over 162. We're just going to chalk it up. There's an asterisk. Eh, Whatever. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm obviously being, being satirical here. But still, great job for the Braves. You got to love to see them win. But there was that inherent feeling that is all too familiar as a Clemson fan. You may identify as a Georgia Bulldog fan. Literally a verb called Clemsoning that we could say, maybe call it Atlanta-ing. Maybe we can make it an all-inclusive term for all Georgia teams and call it Georgia-ing. Oh, man. (laughs) It's just not performing in the big moment, shitting the bed, and losing, literally letting it slip through your hands uh, and it's predictable. Literally in game five, when the Braves like started to not have the series in control, all Braves fans, we know what's happening. It. And it's not even like we're being quiet about it. We're telling each other, it's like, yep, we're going to blow it. And the players know it too because we're going to blow it. And, man, it's tough because baseball is one of those games that you may not – you may be off and on fan, but when you get into it, and especially playoff baseball, if you actually are watching baseball, you care a lot about baseball. And it's – it's tough, man. It's tough being a Braves fan when you had the series up, wrapped up, and you just crap it away. But everybody's young. Freddie Freeman, great job. Love the manager. Got a lot of people coming back. Run it back next year. Just don't 
mess it up again next year. <laughs> well, and uh, as you said, it was a weird season, 60 games, but you mentioned that, like, uh, it, it seems, I've based off number ratings, uh, baseball's viewership was up this season, a lot more people watching, and I think that has something to do with the fact that it's a shortened season. So, Zach, do you think at some point the MLB's considering maybe shortening that to like 122 games, 132 games. Well, you're not losing as much revenue from fans as other sports. I saw a stat that the NBA lost $697 million when it comes to revenue generated by fans in the stands. And there's obviously a couple markets that dominate that. Like the Lakers lost the most money in the league last year. Knicks lost the second most money in the league last year. This is revenue potential revenue generated but like your higher teams like the warriors lost a ton of money last year your huge markets lost a ton of money daniel so i know that everyone in the sporting world i'm jumping back to basketball just for this revenue talk likes the crap on my hornets they just love the crap on them because michael jordan owns them and he's a terrible owner yada 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 whatever the hornets only lost 200 dollars last year oh in my god seat <laughs> revenue 200 dollars wow <laughs> Literally the last team in the league on money lost. We almost made money not having to allow fans. They probably like not having to hire concession staff, all the wasted French fries. We lost $200. The Lakers lost like 50-something million dollars last year in revenue. But they're charging, like when I went to New York, a Knicks game when they were the worst team in the league was $150 for an upper deck seat on a Saturday night. I can go to a Hornets game for 99 cents, dude. But the thought process that you can go to a professional basketball game for about 99 But here's the only re- here's the only reason I still watch basketball. It's a salary cap league. If this was a non-salary cap league and the Lakers and the Knicks had the potential to sign contracts up to $500 million like baseball, that's why the Yankees and the Dodgers win every year. First off, the Yankees make their playpen outfield walls 200 feet away for home runs for a 6'8 Aaron Judge. And then you have... The Dodgers just signing every good player in baseball because they have more money than everyone else. So, thank God it's a salary cap league. Hornets, you are a laughing stock, but I support you. Moving on. <laughs> uh, well, the Dodgers and the Rays, uh, not the Yankees, luckily. At least we got one team that's not. Oh, uh, yeah. The non-chalk. team with the highest payroll yeah, made it, excuse go, me. Let's go non-chalk for something. So, L.A., Tampa Bay in the World Series. It's tied 1-1 one, one, one right now. Kershaw went off in game one. He struck out. I think he had like 13 strikeouts. Really impressive. Crazy. Uh, the Rays played their game in game two. They love that this is a team that doesn't hit all that well all the time, but they play great on, uh, on, on with the bullpen. 144 pitches, 89 strikeouts total for five pitchers throughout the game. Uh, so, yeah, Bray, uh, we'll see what happens with that World Series. Uh, into the NFL, uh, biggest note coming out of the game uh, out of the week: Packers get dominated by Brady and the Bucks after Aaron Rodgers goes up 10-0 with the Pack, and then after a pick six, it just keeps getting worse from there. Brady looked pretty good; he only threw about for 180 yards, so not that impressive offensively for him. But clean game, thirty-eight good. tens, impressive. I will uh, comment on Aaron Rodgers when they were up 10-0. Aaron Rodgers did a uh, hip-thrusting celebration. He was paying homage to Key and Peele's uh, 
they have a skit where they give a bunch of ridiculous names for football players or like football celebrations. And he was paying homage to Hingle McCringleberry. And he, it's where Aaron Rodgers put his hand behind his head, and uh, you're you're pretty much enticing the referee with hip thrusts. So in the scene, Hingle McCringleberry does one hip thrust. The ref looks at him. He does another hip thrust. The ref looks at him, and he's like, don't you dare do a third hip thrust. I'm going to throw this 15-yard penalty. And then Hingle McCringleberry couldn't help it. He does a third hip thrust and <laughs> throws the flag. But Aaron Rodgers only did two hip thrusts. No, no flag. flag. No flag. But proceeds to throw two pick sixes. And then... Well, one pick six, and then he's only worried about his completion percentage and being the goat of stats. So Aaron Rodgers quickly goes into his turtle shell and doesn't play aggressively anymore and just gives up the game. Is it a huge indictment on the Packers season? No, it's one game, so we'll see. But Buccaneers looking good. Bucks look good. Uh, Chiefs able to pull out a win against the Bills, 26-17. Bills, uh, Josh Allen, you know, he looked good overall, but did have a few more, a few instances where it looked like the bad Josh Allen, the heckle and Jekyll and Hyde situation. Um, And so... But, you know, the Bills still going to be able to bounce back from that, I would assume. Still assume the Bills are, at this point, still my favorite for the AFC East. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Zach, big, big notes from the Browns. Baker gets benched in a loss to the Steelers 38-7, to but Stefanski tells the reporters this week, still the starter as long as he's not injured. Yeah, I mean, 38-7, to like... Getting benched doesn't necessarily mean you're benched for the season. It means we're not going to put Baker out there when we're down 33 points, 31 points, to get sacked from behind and break his back and be hurt, and then we have no starting quarterback. So I understand pulling your quarterback, especially if you're having a bad game, bro. Sit your ass down. (laughs) You know? So, uh, I mean, people might not like me as their football coach if I ever make it to that position one day, but hey. We're going to be winning games, and we're going to be running the football. (laughs) I'm not a player's coach, tell you that. (laughs) I'm a player's coach, but I mean, hey, I'm a good player's coach. (laughs) Uh, Titans have another offensive explosion this week. Uh, Derrick Henry goes for 3,000 yards against the Texans. Game was 42-36, game in overtime. Titans win, but the defense for the Titans looking bad. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Titans looking like they may be able to have another push through the AFC playoffs. Still undefeated, 5-0. and Got the Steelers this week, 5-0. and Somebody is getting a loss. Or they're not. Hey, that's one of the games y'all should be watching this week, man. Two undefeated is going to be a big game, I think. I think I'm taking the Steelers, man. I think the Steelers are going to be able to stop that offense. That Steelers defense is really good, um, as it always is. Speaking that- of really good, you want to know who's not? Who? The Cowboys. Oh, my God, <laughs> man. I was about to go there, man. So uh, you got you got a uh, what is uh, what does Andy call him Calamari uh, Kyler Murray that's Ky- <laughs> Calamari is his nickname you got Calamari throwing to the best receiver in the league DeAndre Hopkins you still got one of the best all timers and Larry there so big explosion thirty eight to ten over the Dakless Cowboys Mike McCarthy Daniel does he make it through the season man you already got players talking trash about him to reporters anonymously and like man when you start getting that and it's only week five it's not looking good for mike Mm -hmm. i know you lost your starting quarterback but when you're sitting there as jerry jones and you're arguing with dak whether you're going to pay him top money or not because you're not convinced he's the guy then he goes down and you still can't do anything with your team, it proves that Dak Prescott was carrying you, and he wasn't even the guy. So 
how bad is the rest of this roster? You got you paid the wrong people apparently on defense. Byron Jones has done nothing since you got him. You brought people out of retirement. I can't remember who's the. They brought a defensive lineman who hadn't played in like five years. Alden Smith, maybe is that his name? I think so. You haven't seen anything out of the Wolf Hunter. I'm talking. Uh, what's the Wolf Hunter's name? Ah, he's the linebacker. Uh, something. I'm drawing a blank, but the Wolf Hunter. Yeah. It'll come to me. So, and then obviously your offense is in shambles. But I. There is news for ex-Cowboys. Huge jump here. Jumping to the Ravens. Des Bryant signed oh, to the Ravens practice. Why? Why did you do that? Because you're having for the playoffs. You got a jump ball receiver in Des Bryant. He's got clips of him running good routes. Also, the Ravens picked up, traded with the Miami, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Two second-round picks for uh, Yannick Ngakwe. You're reuniting Calais Campbell and Ngakwe from the AFC Championship 2017 Jaguars defensive line. Now they're assembled in Baltimore, and poor, poor Joe Burrow. He's got the Browns defensive line and Miles Garrett to deal with. He's got Steelers. Steelers defensive line, and now he's got two Pro Bowl defensive linemen in Baltimore. Good luck, Joe Burrow. Good luck. Find you some offensive linemen. Buy him steaks and watches, and watch your blind side. <laughs> hey, man. To Joe Burrow definitely got to be watching a blind side, especially like you said with the Baltimore shoring up that defense going into the to the AFC stretch. They're probably going to start looking to get some wins. You got to hope Lamar starts playing a little better. But that being said, Zach, there is another quarterback who is going to be watch, trying to watch his blind spot, and that's going to be Tua Tungavailoa. The rare right side, right side, blind side. <laughs> blind side. The rare right point. side, blind side. So, so that left that that right tackle going to be working hard. Uh, but uh, but um, so we got a dramatic benching of Ryan Fitzpatrick after a blowout win in which Tua came in and threw two passes. I am not impressed with the two passes. It looks like. So here's my thing with quarterbacks. You look at Aaron Rodgers, it's a flick of the wrist for my guy. You look at Patrick Mahomes, it's a flick of the wrist. They can throw it 50 yards, and it looks like it's easy for them to do so. Cam Newton's one of these guys. Tebow's one of these guys. And I think Tua, ever since I've seen him, it looks like it takes so much effort for these people to throw the football. Even on, like, root, like I know it's a long pass, even from under center, to throw it to the out-of-bounds line. I have two passes to go off of of Tua so far. I'm not that impressed. them, And I know it's nerves. I know it's early. And he may just blow up for 400 yards his first game, and it looked easy as pie. But Tua looked small to me. And Tua also looked like it was very hard for him to throw those football in those two plays. I am very much overreacting. But, hey, Fitzmagic was rolling. I understand the whole plan was to give it to Tua, but coming off the hip injury six weeks in on a Dolphins team, it looks good. Now's the time to pass it? I don't know. Uh, I personally, I I see it on the opposite side, man. I think personally at this point, the team has confidence. Put him in there when the team has confidence. The team needs to know what they have in Tua if you're going to – because, listen – the fact of it is, man, and this is something that a lot of people in the NFL probably don't want to admit, but there is in the back of their heads. If you're bringing in your young quarterback, you want to play him early right now so you can figure out what you have. Because if you don't have anything in Tua, which I don't think you don't, I think there's something there. But if you don't have anything in Tua, you're going to be looking to that number one pick this year with uh, Trevor Lawrence coming up. 
great great transition because I was literally was literally about to say about uh not having anything. The Jets have nothing. And they they don't have a head coach. They have a a space filler named Adam Gase. They don't have a quarterback. They have Sam Darnold and a pocket full of wishes. So the Jets are probably going to win maybe one or two games this year. What do you think? Zero games. 0-16. So the strategy should be hold on to Adam Gase so you don't win any games. Yeah, and then uh, sets you up perfectly for the number one overall pick and Trevor Lawrence, who has declared he was going to leave Clemson after this year. However, there are rumblings that Trevor Lawrence was quoted saying, there is no way that I go to that trash organization and team. We haven't confirmed this. But there's also Roddy White, ex-NFL great with the uh, Falcons, said if I was Trevor Lawrence, I would not go to that team. I would come back to Clemson for another year. However, Dan, big problem with coming back this year to Clemson, hoping to not be drafted by the Jets. The Jets may also be the worst team in the league next year. They're, they're going to be the worst. And get the number one pick again. So what does Trevor Lawrence do? Go to grad school? <laughs> I don't know. Or do you just literally pull an Eli and say, nope, not playing for you. Pull a Kobe. That's what I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a Kobe and Eli situation where he's literally going to be like, if you draft me, I'm not going to play. Like, you literally can try to pay me. I won't take it. Trevor Lawrence could make the Jets good. He's like a Broadway Joe type. Like you're telling me Trevor Lawrence is on the Jets, and the organization instantly is like, okay, name your coach. Pick your wide receiver. We're going to make it happen. I don't think you can make that team good as Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence can't block for himself in that offense. Well, that's what I'm saying. No favor that's what I'm, anybody. That's what I'm saying. I understand that, like, you have Trevor. It's time to maybe give up a defensive player here or there, get the offensive line, and live with your team scoring 30 to 40 points and giving up 20 to 30 points. You got to get some wins. The Jets haven't been good since Chad Pennington and Ryan Fitzmagic and Brandon Marshall. So, and Mark Sanchez. Like, and they weren't even good then. That was just <laughs> so, two AFC championship trips that they lost. Exactly. Butt fumble and the rest is history. Well, uh, that was Zach, obviously. We're talking about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he made a case for himself yet again this week uh, against Georgia Tech. 73 to 7. Obviously, he didn't play the whole game. He never He does. said they left points on the board too. They left at least 14 points on the on the I field mean, is what bro, he said. Like you yeah, probably did, but at the same time, you don't need him, Trevor. Calm down. You're hey fine. man, Clemson is winning a Heisman this year. And on the front of that trophy is going to say Trevor. What do you want? Like, my question, though, is, like, what do y'all want to do? Score 100 on Georgia Tech? Do you not think they feel bad enough already? I, the nerds can Although they take are, it. They are some nerds. I'm pretty sure. No, no. You want to know why? Because I'm pretty sure Georgia Tech owns the all-time record for most points in a game. Didn't they beat, like, Cumberland University 200 and something, the three? So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You can take your John Heisman history and shove it. We're going to beat you bad. I don't like the nerds. When I was a teenager, I was, like, 10 to, like, 13 years old, given I looked like I was, like, 16 at the time. Had some... Georgia Tech college students like cussed me out on the way to a Clemson game, and they and I had some Clemson fans defend me, and they insulted the guy because he was wearing light yellow pants, and they said, "What'd you do, pee your pants?" Oh. <laughs> and then he shut up, and then I was like, "Thanks, guys, I'm a kid." And then I went to the stadium, but don't like the nerds. Cool stadium in Atlanta, but I still don't like the nerds. Well, Zach, another team that, as a kid, I do believe gave you some uh, terrors, FSU, was able to right their ship, got a win against UNC. Number five UNC goes on the road, gets upset. 
31-28. Obviously, you made the note last week. North Carolina, fakest number five of all time. Like, <laughs> just, yeah. Just about mm. as fake as number three, Notre Dame, who literally cannot score more than t- 25 points. I would be more okay with an Ohio State who is not playing football and being number three. I agree. O-N-O, just leave them there because... They're head and shoulders better. These ACC teams can't deal with being in the top ten, obviously. So they shouldn't be there in the first place. So, Well, I mean, yeah. That's, that's, I've had people argue with me about rankings this year, and I'm just like, no. None of this matters. The top two teams matter this year, and it's Clemson and Bama. See you in the final. And then Georgia's going to work their way back up to the top four. Well, we'll go there at this point. Obviously, ACC, there's, as, like you said, with North Carolina losing, the ACC sort of back to being just the one-horse race with Clemson for the playoff. Um, Zach, is UGA, you know, Bama, big game, probably the biggest, one of the biggest games of the season for the regular season. Uh, Georgia goes in looking good, man. First half goes well. We get 24-17 to 17 going into halftime. We get a touchdown. Leave like 25 seconds on the board and when they did that zach i looked you know it's gonna i knew it was gonna happen you know it's gonna i looked at my cousin because i didn't get to watch the game and come from my home it was tough i was i was doing family stuff so i was coming home in the car watching on a phone but i told my cousin i looked and i said listen that's too much time and what it was I, i was right they went out kicked a field goal before halftime and man when you go from 24 to 17 to 24 to 20 it's a different game and they came out in that second half the dogs were flat man they got outscored 21-0 Alabama goes on dominates 41-20 or 44-24 is the final and just man it was discouraging uh you know the mailman did not deliver. He had a bunch of interceptions. It's tough, but at the same time, he's 5'9". He's a 5'10", 5'9", quarterback. He's, the balls are getting bad down at the line. Obviously, we That's can, no excuse, uh, man. There's no excuse there. Obviously, we can talk about the refing. It's Bama, man. Everybody that watches a game of their team Here's plays the thing. against Bama. You've seen it. Zach. You, you're let's just talk about let's – just, let's just address referees as a whole real quick. You're a football fan. I'm a football fan. You're not. It's not one game. No. For your whole life. No. We're going to play again next week. We're going to play again next year. We've played for the last hundred years. Calls go both ways. Quit bitch. They do. Yeah, exactly. So we can always. I'm not a guy who complains about calls. I'm not. Yeah, I'm I'm not not. that guy, man. You got to play around the refs, man. And like, we shouldn't have left it up to the ref to try to make a call in the third quarter. You shouldn't give up 21 straight points, is what should um, happen. That being said, like you said, the dogs obviously have everything ahead of them. They have backups on the bench, JT Daniels, to potentially take over if needed, but I think they're going to stick with uh, Stetson Bennett at this point probably meet up with uh, Bama in the SEC championship. I think the dogs could potentially take that game. I think it'll be a different game. It'll be a closer game. We'll have to see what happens. It sounds like you just got beat off second half adjustments, and that's when Nick Saban's the mastermind. And Nick Saban was able to coach that game. There was talk of that man not being there. I looked at my family. I said, man, if you don't think Nick Saban's about to be on the sideline coaching that game, that man's going to be there. He he made them coronavirus test him like every two hours. He, (laughs) man, he made that. I want, listen, Let's. T- I want to talk to the the doctor of Alabama that gave that test. Let's go talk to this man. Let's see. He's sticking the, the swab up his I'm own like, nose. Yeah, I'm like, man, <laughs> I don't trust him at all. That man had positive tests, and you know it. Anyways, we're out. The, the Ogeron approach. We all got it. We all got it. All right, we're out. Anyways, moving on. Guys, how about my Gamecocks? They got the upset over Auburn. I told you to watch out for them Gamecocks. They're going to give them hell, and they did. All right. 
Tennessee back-to-back losses. They're falling back to earth, while Arkansas is suddenly one of the best teams in the West, Zach. They're back-to-back SEC, or not back-to-back, but two SEC wins in the same season. That is more than they've had in the SEC in the past, like, five years. Yep, and you noted you noted to me that they got rid of Clemson's ex-coordinator, Chad Morris, his head coach. He's now with Auburn, and Auburn's offense is not good. Here's the thing. Chad Morris was good with us for a couple of years running the spread, and then he just would abandon the run when we needed the run. He'd get too cute, run too many trick plays, too much Chip Kelly stuff when we didn't have it solidified. He's a little neurotic. If you just watch him, he looks crazy on the sideline. Not Brent Vendable crazy because you want your defensive guy that hyped up. You want your offensive coach masterminding it behind a big Waffle House play sheet. (laughs) That's what you want. Peek your eyes over the top of the play sheet. Put your eyes back under the play sheet. That's what you want. Offensive coordinator. It's over. And Chad Morris, there's a reason he's gone. He he got too big for his britches, and he's not at Clemson anymore. He's not doing that well anymore. You're going to be a Bowling Green next. Oh, man. Good luck. Calling it out already. Uh, Zach, Big Ten back this weekend. Uh, Mayor, you get Michigan at Michigan, Minnesota. That's game day. You get OSU hosting Nebraska. You said to me earlier, Nebraska sucks based off what uh, <laughs> based off what Vegas is telling you. They're a 26-point underdog. They suck, apparently. Uh, by the way, note, too, Clemson, 46-point favorite say on it. Syracuse. All Jesus right, so, Christ. So we'll go ahead and put it out there. My lock of the week. Oh, God, I love it. Take them to cover. Take them to cover. Do it. Do it. Syracuse. Damn it. (laughs) Covers the 46. No, no. I'm going to the game Saturday. Clemson covers. Trevor Lawrence. Dabo's fed up with this Oklahoma back to three Heisman winner crap. Trevor Lawrence has taken home a Heisman. Clemson this year. Okay. All right. There it is. Zach's lock of the week. Covering the spread. Clemson to cover. Maybe in the first half. In the first half. Holy cow. Okay. We'll see what happens. One major note coming out of the Big Ten, guys. Watch football. Watch (laughs) Maryland at Northwestern this week. And the only reason you should watch that game, you get a young Tua Tungavaloa. His younger brother is. Oh, you get a you get another tongue of Aloha. Another tongue of Aloha. Get him there. We'll see how that goes with Mike Loxley. Plays Uh, in Maryland. Maryland, yeah. So Mike Loxley previously at Bama. So a little connection there. Um, And then guys, before we get out here, I forgot to give this past few weeks. Zach just gave you his. I'm gonna hit you with mine real quick. Booty pick of the week over Notre Dame. They're hosting Notre Dame. Man, I got Kenny Pickett and the boys. Pulling off the upset of the fake Notre Dame number three. They are they are phony, phony fighting man. Irish. Uh, the phony Irish. All right, guys, we're out of here. Zach, we we went. It. We Way said over. we were going to do a twenty-five minute pod. We broke you off a forty-five minute slice. Dan shouldn't have asked me about NBA or Space Jam. Sorry, guys, <laughs> but here we are, episode fifty-nine. We're going to be in the sixties next week, Dan. I don't know if you know what that means. Do you know any players in the sixties? Just off all. the top of your I head. I mean, I don't know any players. Sixty-nine, in the Jared Allen. There's going to be a bunch of 69s. 68? Did I ever wear a 60 number in sports? I wore 72. I wore 74. I wore... I don't think I was ever 60. Well, we know who's going to be 72 and 74 for the pod. Zach Whittington. (laughs) (laughs) The Fridge Perry is going to be 72, let's be honest. But, uh, (laughs) all right. Anyways... You got you got anything, Dan? You got anything, Dan? Just subscribe to everything. Tell your grandma. Y'all know the the deal. All right. Peace. 
Thank you for listening to a Very Moody Sports Show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Stay tuned next week for more hot takes and good predictions. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow on Apple iTunes and Spotify, a Very Moody Sports Show. And also on social media, Moody Sports Page. That's M-O-O-D-Y Sports Page, all one word, on social media. And check out our website, MoodySportsPage.com. See you next week, guys.